I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash. So on Monday, we spent the show running around London so ho in American Werewolf in London. But today, we're off to Scotland for some bants, bullets and biting as Sean Pertwee and his lads get more than they bargained for in 2002's Dog Soldiers. I love it when a posh bear talks dirty. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which movie will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Putters. It's that time of the month. (laughs) I'm Alex Zane. Oh, <laughs> I'm Vicky Cronson. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> Just pick that quote out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that time of the month. Uh, how are you both? Are you looking forward to part two of American Werewolf in London versus Dog Soldiers? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's very, very, very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Very clipped. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to say no. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's sort it of be a bad start to the show. True. You've pointed out what a wasted question that was. <laughs> And, and, what, and the otherwise, I would have said no last week when we did Outland. Mm. But you wouldn't do that because Outland was great. We've had a great response. Great response on Twitter. Really? One of your mates likes it. Yeah. It's, like, I'm doing, it's like Donald Trump. Great, great response. We've had a, fanta- a fantastic response. Uh, so very quickly, if you haven't subscribed to us, if you would be kind enough to do that uh, on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, that would be great. Uh, massively appreciated by the three of us. And also if you can give us a rating and a review, that would be awesome too. Because if you give us a review, it might be read out on the show by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, which sounds a bit like this. This review comes from Lucy, who says, This podcast is incredible. I've never been more obsessed with something in my life. I pretty much binged this while decorating my room, and it was incredible to see the journey the podcast has gone on. 
Vicky's charm and opinions shine. Chris's infinite knowledge wows me. And Alex's unwillingness to let Tim Curry go is inspiring. <laughs> now, I don't know where you're up to, Lucy, but aside from a mishap in the Omen episode, Alex has let Tim Curry go. You have. He's gone. I haven't let him go. I just, I felt I felt like it was becoming more of a chore than a pleasure sure, yeah. to do the obligatory it's Tim Curry course. reference. Yeah. Yeah, things, things... Should, I mean, okay, shall I bring it back? That's my question, really. Shall I bring it back, Lucy? I think, Lucy, do you want it back? I can bring it back. I could bring it back, Chris. I mean, I know you're not a fan. I, <laughs> I think maybe we shouldn't bring it back, but maybe we should do a Tim Curry film. <gasps> That'd be nice. Then it'll be, it'll be a natural thing to do an obligatory Tim Curry we've got, reference. We've got some saved up, haven't we? we so. have got yeah. some, let's do Clue. That's a great Tim Curry movie. You're clueless. That's what you are, mate. Oh, I have. We've right. already done it. We've done it. It was a great episode with mm. Knives Out. Love that shit. All right, then. So, Chris's choices this week. American Wheel in London versus Dog Soldiers. Very quickly, remind us why. Because America Wolf of London was born on the same day as Vicky, and that's this month. <laughs> that is correct. 21st of August, if you do want to send yeah. a card to the podcast studio. Yeah. I noticed she mentioned it. She wants, she wants a bit of birthday love, doesn't she? Unbelievable. Uh, do you want a special quiz where only you play? No. no. Um, that's what it felt like on Monday. Oh, okay. shit. She, she was that because, good. Because, you know, when do you start loving your own birthday? I know you're supposed to as a grown up, you're meant to be like, oh, but I do love my birthday. Oh, I hate it. But I love your birthday yeah. and your birthday. We hate your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, let's crack on. So, on Monday, Victoria was thrown out of a pub in Yorkshire again. <laughs> and today, I'm hanging out with some men and monstrous mutts and dog soldiers. Let me take you on a journey. Sean Pertwee and his lads are on a training exercise in Scotland, except it's not really. And with such an excess of trained members of the army, they're in fact being used as bait by the special forces, as to opposed, you know, any other kind of bait. Not that they're aware of this, they're too busy talking about football and women and horrible stories about mates being blown up after getting tattoos of the devil. That is until a cow falls on their campfire. Suddenly it kicks off. No, not the football, but the discovery that the planned reintroduction of wolves to the Highlands may have gone too far after they're attacked by ruddy great werewolves with surprisingly slender bodies like furry ballet dancers. <laughs> Holding up in a farmhouse, they try and survive the night while supergluing Sean Pertwee back together. Sadly, most don't make it, including Megan, a woman whose story I still don't fully understand. And just when all seems lost and they think it's all over, it is now. How is that the last line? Unbelievable. That is fucking terrible. Like, there, I, I have got, like, ten other lines <laughs> that it should be, including one that it sets up at the start. That, what? Just what? Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Dog Soldiers. All right, then. Histories with this movie. Uh, I'll start. First watch for me. No. Yeah, never saw it before. I remember all the posters and everything, and all, there was a, a bit of hoopla uh, about yeah. it at the time, and I remember thinking, I should watch that. I should watch that. And then I just didn't get around to watching it, and uh, I'll explain why that's disappointing when you hear about why Neil Marshall sort of made this movie. I wish I'd watched it about 20 years ago uh, after the pub. I'm mm. beginning to doubt your love for Sean Pertwee. Oh. <gasps> Because it feels like if you really loved Sean Pertwee, you would have seen this within this the last premium, 19 premium years. Pertwee, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's premium Pertwee. Because you've made me love Pertwee. Right. And Vicky's right. This is, I think this is the Top ultimate shelf. 
Pertwee performance. I mean, I don't want to pull back the curtain, but uh, my love for Pertwee comes from my love for Event Horizon and Smitty in Event Horizon and meeting Sean Pertwee and going, I just want to talk about Event Horizon. Him going, all right. And that was great. And that's where my love comes from. So, yeah, I maybe should have seen this if I was a, a Sean Pertwee completionist. <laughs> so when did you see it, Chris? Watch it in the cinema when it came out. I'd had a few beers. I very much enjoyed it. I bought it on DVD. And I remember loving the commentary as much as the film because everyone involved is having a right laugh, ripping the piss out of each other's performances, Mm. which you don't normally hear in a commentary. They're just laughing at how bad each other is. Yeah, they're kind of precious creatures sometimes, Uh, actors. (laughs) They're having a right laugh. They obviously got on. And I really enjoy introducing this film to American friends over the years, as I'm sure we get onto this, but I believe it premiered on television in America rather than getting a theatrical release. So it didn't get the publicity or the notoriety that it maybe should have, like it did over here. Well, let's cover that now. Yeah, it was on the sci-fi channel in Mm. America as opposed to a theatrical release, which Mm. still bums out Neil Marshall, who felt it should have got a theatrical release. Understandable, understandable. It's an an audience movie. Go on then, V. I'd seen it once before. Okay. Uh, This wasn't on Mark's VHS shelf. It sure wasn't. And I was confused by it and annoyed by it and ultimately quite entertained. So I went back into it being like, this is a laugh, this is fun. And Fuck don't spoil film. it. <laughs> I paused for too long before I said don't spoil it. So fuck this film. Yeah, bit. <laughs> okay. No, there's there's a lot to love. There's a lot to love. Right. Well, before we start fucking this film, uh, would you like to know a little bit about it? I'm sure you would. Uh, so it's director Neil Marshall's debut feature, uh, the film he made just before he hit the mega big time with the massively successful The Descent, um, which is still one of the scariest films I've ever I seen. I love The Descent. Agreed. Yeah. Scary movie. I'd say it's, uh, it's one of the few movies I've watched in a packed cinema. Normally when I'm in a cinema, I'm not scared. The last shot where she's got the, the light. Oh. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. Uh, it's the bit where they first see the one thing. of the creatures in the distance, yeah. like drinking. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. It's such a scary Just part. getting claustrophobic would mm. freak me out in the cinema. Oh, I'll tell you what we should do, The Descent one day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a great film. Uh, so it's 1995 when Neil Marshall starts writing a script for a low-budget werewolf movie that he wants to be his debut feature. He says he'd always wanted to do a siege movie and combine that with his love of horror. But what he didn't want to do was make a curse of the werewolf movie because he said that has been done so many times, uh, you know, tragic stories about people bitten by werewolves and how they eventually become a werewolf themselves. He said he wanted to make either aliens or predator, but with a werewolf, which keep trying. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She's already fucking this movie, Chris. (laughs) She said, I said, we'll fuck this movie in a bit. So, the script is finished in 1996 (laughs) and the slow process of getting investment and a cast together begins. Um, One of the producers wanted to change the name to Night of the Werewolves, which Mm. I don't mind, but Dog Soldiers is kind of catchy. Could have been very different casting, though. So, Neil Marshall initially wanted, for the role of Cooper, Kevin McKidd's character, Jason Statham. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because Kevin McKidd is an excellent actor and mm-hmm. does bring much needed like seriousness to this role. Yeah. and with But Jason Statham would have been tons of fun as well. It would have been a different movie. Yeah, for sure. I don't know that you could have had... You can't have Statham and Pertwee. Fuck, exactly can you can't do say, that. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. Uh, but um, he'd seen him in Lockstock, wanted him to be in the part, but then um, as production was sort of getting off the ground, it was a bit in limbo. Statham gets Ghosts of Mars and Neil Marshall says, you've got to go work with the legend John Carpenter, do Ghosts of Mars. Um, questionable decision. Should have done this. <laughs> I've mean, seen Ghosts of Mars, you're like, on paper, sure. <laughs> uh, for the role of Spoon, um, the guy who has the fist fight mm. uh, with the werewolf at the end, mm. uh, he wanted Simon Pegg. 
Oh, mm, yeah, Simon Pegg, they had a meeting, but Pegg had promised Edgar Wright that Shaun of the Dead would be his first film, so said no. Really? That's right, yeah. Why, did, why does something have to be your first horror film? Well, I don't they, even understand. Well, they're mates, aren't they? Like, yeah, you they don't want to let your mate down. together. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I think he was on a promise, like, you know, we'll do this together. You'll direct your first movie. It'll be my first movie. Because they've been best mates for so long. It was like, it was probably a promise. So Odd. Really? Oh, God, business is business over there, isn't <laughs> Jesus. it? Jesus. I, I think you've said so the most cold. you've ever given away about who you really are in that moment. <laughs> That's fucking that terrifying. I don't. And I think it would be appealing to have someone be in a successful horror film and then be in your horror I just, film. I just realised what a cutthroat environment this podcast really is. Yeah, I know, we're all terrifying. friends. I've yeah. just never heard of anyone saying to someone else, oh, your first horror film has to be with me. Like... I don't understand I what difference be, that would make. I mean, it's sort of a nice thing. I would, I I would encourage my friend to go make a successful horror film. All right. Okay, business is business. <laughs> I just think it's sad. Let's get that on the posters for the podcast festival. <laughs> that first live show, business is business. You Come, keep saying that. <laughs> Come in and enjoy some business. You should be uplifting your friends, not holding them down. <laughs> um, all right. Well, before uh, therapy, uh, Sean Pertwee arrives, um, having been passed the script by Jason Isaacs, which you've got to believe happened on the set of Event Horizon. Yeah. So he gets the script and he signs on as Sergeant Wells. And you touched on this. Apparently everyone had a blast filming it, even though uh, it wasn't very nice. They were in Luxembourg, doubling as Scotland in the winter. And uh, Sean Pertwee uh, says... We were really in the shit. It was cold and muddy and you were never really aware that the camera was there. Which makes it sound like Tropic Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) So regarding the werewolves, um, I know I made a joke out of how they look because they look stupid, but they were intentionally meant to look like that. Oh shit, sorry. Carry on. (laughs) Neil Marshall says he wanted the werewolves to be kind of graceful, so he hired dancers, Mm -hmm. not stuntmen, to play them. That's okay, I get that. It's just the costume that they're wearing is shite. I mean, first of all, it's a small budget movie, so we've we got, we got to create a little bit of leeway here for that. I like the idea of graceful werewolves. The problem was he then put them on stilts and they, mm-hmm. they were effectively blind in the werewolf mm-hmm. heads, so all the grace went out of the window so they couldn't do that thing anyway. My problem, if we're going to do the werewolves now, is the faces. It's mm. like, they're, it's just the heads don't look scary enough. Nope. Like and that's it's a really weird thing. I could even forgive the fact that it's a it's a dancer in a lycra suit sure. with a massive head on, yeah. like kind of out of proportion. But I just wish the faces were scary. I just I understand the budgetary constraints, of course, and it isn't fair to be like, well, it should look like a multi million dollar thing. But your film is about werewolves, so you st- you got to start there and be honest with yourself and say, you know what, that werewolf looks awful. So let's do a different siege movie then. Like, let's get rid of the werewolves. I can't do it right now. I'll do it later in my career because he's a brilliant writer director. And the werewolves just let this down a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird way. I think I think the problem is that you know if you sort of look at the comparisons that are made with this, that he makes himself. It's like you know, Predator. Uh, aliens it's like you've got scary fucking looking creatures in those yeah. and that is that is regardless of how well you do the makeup or anything they need to look scary yeah. and then they just they just don't, they just don't. You know? so that was a bit of a problem for me but uh, but there we go uh, other than that um, uh, squaddies love this movie uh, it was oh, the <laughs> most watched movie by British forces in Afghanistan and Iraq for a short while wow mm. so uh, they got uh, they got the camaraderie I wondered, yeah, I bet they did get the bants right. And I'm not judging, but I just wonder, in real army life, how many times does someone refer to their squadron as like 
you big, great big bunch of girls. And I bet it's like every 20 seconds. Come on, ladies. Come on, girls. You're having a fucking tea party. Just shit like that. That's fine. I appreciate it. It's verisimilitude, I'm sure. But Yeah, and Neil's got, you know, I know Neil a little bit. I will say that now. And we've talked about this. He's got family yeah, Chris, who are Chris, soldiers. Business is business, mate. So. Mm. Well, Neil, if you're listening, can you come on and talk about Excalibur with us one week, please? Um... Yeah, he's got, I think, an uncle or a, or a granddad or a brother in the army. He's got lots of family members in the army. Yeah. So I think a big part of what he wanted to work in this script was the authenticity of the language they use, uh, the way they interact with each other, um, and the manoeuvres. And... and I think that's great. I think that works really well. Mm. And again, just to be very clear, there is a lot to love about this movie. I do think fundamentally, like I, I did have an issue with the werewolves, but that's not a comment on like what the movie is as a whole. It's just when your big bad isn't quite scary enough, it's a kind of fundamental flaw. So that's a bit of a problem for me. But that doesn't mean it's a terrible movie by any stretch, as we're going to find out now as we go through it. Any more for any more before I jump into this? No? No? All right. So we're in Scotland, uh, where a couple are on a hiking holiday, and there's a gift given of a letter opener that's solid silver, so look after it. <laughs> All right? Solid silver. Uh, so that's a nice gift-giving moment before she's dragged out of a tent and killed without really screaming very much. But that's what... That, I love this scene. Yeah. Because like, there's no music. It's so good. Like, it's just happening. Mm. And he doesn't... Like, the boyfriend doesn't re immediately run to her rescue because his brain is obviously like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. It's so good. Well, particularly as the tent unzips slowly. Yeah. I think that says a lot. So this isn't a, the animal. This, this is something with a brain yeah. who is teasing them or toying with them a little bit. Do you know because... what it reminded me of? And that, and it's good because the, the the reference made me, you know, I sort of projected that onto this film. The Grizzly, the documentary, you know about the bears? Oh, yeah. What's that? What is that? Grizzly, Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man, that's it. And yeah, so the, the and they were sleeping in their tent, mm. and there's just this awful, and they don't play it in the documentary, but there's this awful recording of like the bears just coming into the tent and just like mm. yeah, killing everyone. It's um, but yeah. they they would have ripped up the front of the tent like you would expect this wolf to, yeah, and it doesn't. It slowly opens it, but she's actually interesting because you'd think it was a, a man, basically a pervert yeah. on the loose, and he doesn't do anything. And I love all, I love that. You know, why should a man have to like run to protect you? But they do just kind of watch <laughs> to see what's going to happen. They don't. I don't think they grab anything. Well, it's I think it's that thing the way. You freeze. Yeah, it's probably what I would it. do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you hear a noise and you're lying in bed, you freeze for a while. It's like, ah, yeah. Ah, what this, am I going to do? This scene is my living nightmare when it comes to camping. Genuinely, I find camping scary. Uh, not frustrating because you're always wet or damp or too hot. But the idea of having no protection, yeah. nothing solid between you and anything outside. It is ah, scary when you think about me. it. Yeah, it's part of it. But if you get if you get the paranoia late at night when you're lying on the floor freezing to death, you can't come back from that because you're like, anyone could open this. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been camping in Scotland? I have. No. I spent a lot of time camping in Scotland. Okay. Very wet. Yeah. A lot of fucking midges. <laughs> There, that's what you should have done. If you couldn't get the werewolves right, midges. <laughs> Mitch soldiers. <laughs> Mitch soldiers. <laughs> so um, they're now in Wales. We're now in Wales, rather. Two hours earlier, Annoying. which I'm so confused by that. I, I wrote Just it down. Just run them in parallel. Cut, cut. Run the scenes in parallel. If they need to be happening at the same time, which they don't. No. Oh. Just run them in parallel because then we go four weeks later. So your brain, yeah. well, I'm pretty stupid. Okay, I'm like, good. what? Um, I'm pleased it wasn't just me because I was like, there must be a reason. And I spent too long trying to figure out why it was two hours earlier and there was no need for it to be two hours right. earlier. Okay, good. Chris, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we meet Cooper, who uh, fails uh, a test to make it into Captain Ryan's special forces because he won't do a Kingsman and kill the dog. <laughs> I've wrote that down. There's a, there's two or three things here that films have nicked, mm. and that's a, that is a massive Big one. Big steal. That is a massive one. Big steal. Yeah. I love the fact that he really fails him because when you're watching this, you're like, well, that's a test. Mm. And he's going to not shoot the dog and he'll be like, congratulations, son, you're on the team. It's like, no, you fucked up. It's or good. he was going to, like, I think they do in Kingsman, he pulls the trigger and there's no bullet in the chamber. Yeah. And so he was never really going to actually kill the dog. It was yeah. more a test of obedience. Uh, but I mean, oh, I mean, here we go. So Cooper says, I didn't say I couldn't kill a dog. I just won't kill that dog. Surely. Surely, 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 surely. That sets up a really good mm. final line where he goes, I told you I could kill a dog oh, after he kills right fucking Captain Ryan. What? Otherwise, what's the point of him coming back to life at the end? <sighs> to talk about the football. No one cares about the football. Oh, sorry, yeah, You've I, literally got I, fired by this I man for not killing the a dog. <laughs> and he's standing there and he's like, they think it's... I was like, you are, you're joking yeah. me that you're saying this. It's, it's, it's painful. Yeah. It's, it's painful, especially when the line is, I told you I could kill a dog. Yeah. I it's there. It's right. It's been written down by you. <laughs> I got so angry at that point. Anyway, uh, let's move that to one side for the moment. Uh, Liam Cunningham as Ryan is glorious. Yeah, Davos, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, he's just <laughs> so good. A fucking proper bastard. He shoots a dog while saying things like, do I look like a sodding comedian shit wipe? <laughs> He's also the funniest on the commentary. He's the one that keeps getting annoyed that the dogs are getting more close-ups than he is. <laughs> he keeps having to go at Neil over it. It's very funny. He's a very funny bloke. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, right then, so it's four weeks later now, uh, which actually makes sense. Um, <laughs> so we're back in Scotland uh, where Sean Pertwee's Sergeant Wells is leading his men on this training exercise. Uh for fuck's sake. He says for fuck's sake a lot. Of course he does. He's great. Was he actually a soldier, Sean Pertwee? Do I no, know? No, I he mean, swear to God, man's born to it. Like, he said he'd played by the time so the script, many soldiers. He said he'd played a shit ton of soldiers, but when he got the script, like it was like all the sort of bants and like the way they spoke to each other and yeah. how dialogue heavy it was was a surprise to him. He nearly grew a handlebar moustache for this role. Would oh, you have liked that? Yes. Okay. He was relieved he didn't do it watching oh. it back, but No, because he needs to look like one of the lads, like, mm. and that makes him it's yeah. a classic symbol of like a bit of a tough kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. So no. true doubt true doubt is it a little uh, bit a little bit it's like just sort of I old... thought it was sort of a manly virility handled my moustache yeah I don't know maybe you don't know what that is <laughs> do, you, do you like the village people <laughs> Australians like a big handlebar moustache don't they yeah the cricketers oh. the, the big tough cricketers What's always have name? handlebar Sam, moustaches uh, Sam <laughs> Tombstone Everything. Oh, yeah, Miss Elliot. Sam Elliot. Elliot, Sam yeah. fucking Elliot. There you go. Very manly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Neil Marshall says he really wanted to give uh, the squad these sort of recognisable personalities and, you know, get you invested in them. Uh, there's a, there's a, a one weird thing, and I want to know whether it affected you guys or it was just me. The, the squaddy, who is uh, Joe, Private Joe, the guy who loves the football, mm. I spent... About a good five minutes thinking he was the hiker, the male hiker from the start, because they both had shaved heads and looked really similar. Oh, and I was okay. like, isn't this weird that your girlfriend's just died? But you're not bothered. But, and you're talking about the fucking football. <laughs> then I remember Chris and I was like, well, actually, that's believable. <laughs> uh, so I, I just I, I thought it was a bit of a mistake. It's clearly just me. Mm. Given the hiker at the start, a shaved head. No, I was just yeah. that for a second. Oh, not for a second. Sure. So that's just me. Um, um, I, although the foot, the football banter, the only thing I found weird about it was when Pertwee says he wants to jump in a warm bed with a hot woman to watch the footy. 
That's not normal. He's being funny because he says it's a bath. You jump in a hot bath with a nice woman. Okay. And he's changed it around. All right. It made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I was, I was more. Concerned. It's wordplay. It's funny. Fair enough. I visualise stuff too much. And I, I thought did... he was being literal, and I thought that, that I don't. I don't yeah. want to do that. I don't want to watch the footy or jump in a warm bed with a hot woman. I don't want to do them both at the same time. Right, okay. Do you not? No. Why? Why is that inconvenient? It's you need separation. Okay. Yeah. I okay. need to concentrate. I need to focus. So you want to be in a warm bed watching the footy, but on your own? Yes. Okay. And then. It doesn't, no, it doesn't bath. matter how warm yeah. the bed is. Right. Right, yes. I want to be in a warm bed with a woman. Okay, okay, but you can watch the football anywhere. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, there's some foreshadowing here. It's a training exercise, not exactly life and death. Um, what does it mean when he's told that he doesn't want to foul her in the penalty box? Um, <laughs> it's a euphemism that you, I think you can I again it's a joke that you can, you can, you can I'm, fill I'm, in I'm the blanks however you want I am not telling you I'm unclear on the rules of football okay um, please let us know on Twitter I guess I can't get an explanation in the studio Foul I think we just need to get away from this whole area <laughs> so this whole box area <laughs> uh, I don't want to be fouled in it now the campfire scene this is a great uh, sequence um I love this because I like I'm getting to know the squaddies a bit better. I'm a really I'm a bit upset that Bruce dies so early because he seems very different to the rest of them. When is he the man that runs into a tree? He's the man who runs into the tree. Does he mm. really run into a tree? Apparently, you can do that. Bullshit! Uh, if the branch is sharp and you're running full pelt, you can impale yourself. But he's a trained soldier. You think he'd be looking out for obstructions? Yeah. I just assumed he was pushed. I wasn't. I didn't quibble with the scene. Mm. I assumed the wolf had pushed him. That's all. <laughs> yeah, have that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Get off. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but earlier on, I couldn't work out whether this was clever or I just attributed something to it that wasn't. Uh, but uh, he goes. Someone says, "What scares you?" And he goes, "The self-destructive nature of the human condition." Yeah, and he does kind of self-destruct by mm, running into true. a tree. Yeah. But it is weird when Cooper... Is that Kevin McKidd's character, Cooper? Yeah. What scares you? Women. And it's like, what? <laughs> but I understand it's squaddies and whatever, but they're not all like, yeah, women fucking terrify the life out. But they're men with families and girlfriends sometimes they, and whatever. They, they, I think they cut a scene. You have to tell me this because I've watched deleted scenes in the yep. film and I'm getting a bit confused uh, he, some, a mate of his has nicked his girlfriend yep. oh. and there's a scene where he's showing photos it doesn't really work where he's showing photos of him with his girlfriend yep. and this bloke's talking to her in the background so he's got a reason for hating women at this moment in sure. time All right. um, but because that's cut I think it's a bit strange with Cooper's character particularly as the film then I think goes on to reinforce his opinion yes. because Megan isn't trust isn't to be trusted yeah and so I don't I don't like that aspect of his character and obviously of her character as well and so not not so much of her character but it's just it's that's our hero and yeah. he's our hero I think it's... it would be funnier the way you do it. like what what are you scared of spiders women and someone's like what and he's like nothing just spiders <laughs> like that's funny <laughs> uh, yeah Chris is absolutely right and it's a shame I'm sure uh, they were cut for time but at this point this whole idea of getting to know these people there are a load of deleted scenes where they're just running through the woods on this exercise where they're just chatting with each other and you do get a slightly clearer yeah, idea yeah, I'd of love who to see there's lots of good stuff uh, but I guess the problem is it's running at an hour and 47 or something already mm. isn't it when it's yeah. Feels like a ninety-minute movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but they are good scenes. There's some really good uh, banter. Uh, but the campfire scene mm. is Sean Pertwee's monologue about it's insanely good, isn't it? Because w what is he actually saying? And what he's saying is, 
my mate, yeah, got blown to bits, but his bum didn't. <laughs> and you're with him, you're like, so his, his arse cheek was fine. His arse cheek was fine. Yeah. And it had the fucking devil on it, yeah? And yeah. you are like, in my head, I was like, what is this film? Like, what is happening? <laughs> but Sean Pertwee, God love that man. You're like, that does sound terrifying and weird and funny as fuck, obviously. And it is kind of setting up that we might not understand what's around us. Sure, so, he, so he buttons it. He's like, you know, he told me to mind. have a very fucking open mind, whatever. But just the, you've written that on purpose, to, I presume to make me laugh, which is you could have had that devil tattoo anywhere, like on your back, on your front, whatever, but it's on his bum. It is, isn't it? Like, I haven't, he was like, he's great big fucking thing. <laughs> the film uh, the film got re-released last year at 4K they, and, and they did some press for it. Uh, Neil did and Sean Pertwee did. And uh, I got a quote from Pertwee about why, that, why he likes that scene. He said, no one wangs on for six minutes. It's an actor's dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, it's such a good story and we were doing so well. It felt like we'd been together for weeks. We were in the middle of the night, in the snow and in the rain and the mud and it all came together. And that's what it feels like watching that scene in the same way the scene that it's paying homage to does, which I'm sure you were going to bring up. Wait, I wasn't. What scene? Uh, Quint's speech in Jaws. Oh, do you think it is? Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, and it's also a fantastic moment of tell, don't show. Yes. As well. Sometimes it works Sometimes, with someone yeah. just telling you a story. Um, it's wonderful. And he mm. delivers it so well. He did say that he read it and he was like, it's about five minutes of dialogue. That's not making it in. Yeah. And he mm. couldn't believe it was in the final film. Mm. It's so good. It's such a good scene. And, um, and yeah, on that subject of the camaraderie between them, he said it was quite weird. Sean Pertwee talks about how uh, because they didn't have any budget to keep actors overnight, the minute someone died in a scene, they were off to the airport and flown away. Went home. So it felt like people had actually mm. died. Like well, they'd the, just gone. That was the platoon thing as well. Because mm. they you got to, you, that only works when you film a film in order as well, and that's mm. what happened with platoon. So we are discovering Captain Ryan, uh, who all his team are, are dead. Um, oh, the cow falls on the campfire. I mm. love that. Brand, it... brand new jump scare for me. Never been scared by a cow falling on a campfire the before. Un- and to be honest, the only scary moment, really, because that's good. the only one I really yeah. jumped was it, at. Was it catapulted by those um, knights in Holy Grail? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. So I, I proper jumped. And yeah, me you, too. Then you went, did you just jump? Yeah. I was like... No. <laughs> I believe he wrote as well that the cow sort of starts <clears throat> cooking on the fire and they eat the meat to sort of set them up as savages like the wolves, but that didn't make into the film, which I thought would have been an interesting counterpoint. Hmm. So they meet Ryan and you're like, oh, he's still alive. Mm. He's definitely going to become a werewolf at the end and Cooper will probably say, I told you I could kill a dog. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Li- Liam Cunningham said, he's a loveless, empty, humorless character. He's fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, we've already done Bruce dying. Sean Pertwee, it's sausage time. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's, I, I mean, it's good because of the surprise because I was just like, you you would be dead. You'd be dead right now. There's no way you're standing up. You can't sit in a van. You are fucking dead. You're dead as fuck. Uh, but obviously, it's like, surprise later. But I was just gutted because it's like, oh, he's going to be out of action. I don't want him to stop talking. I wrote down the same thing. I was like, Smitty dying so early in Event Horizon. If Sean Pertwee is sidelined too much in this movie, I'm going to lose my shit. Mm, Thankfully, yeah. he's not out of action that long. Too long, yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's painful that he is. I yeah. don't like it. But it's great, isn't it? Him saying they're not going to fucking fit. Mm. And then these mates saying they fit last time. <laughs> and trying to push them in. It's just, it's it's that funny, shocking humour that, that's so effective. It sounds pretty grim, though. He says whatever they stuffed the animal intestines with that made up that prop, um, like it went off very quickly. So it stank. And he'd have to, they had a thing when they were hanging out where he'd sit at the dining table and they had to have a bucket next to him for him to put these rotting intestines in Jesus. while he ate dinner next what to everyone. 
They but, weren't yeah. real intestines they used, though, were they? It was. He says it was like pig sausage meat. You don't meat have and... to do that anymore. <laughs> they literally, that's what special effects people's job is, not to have to use the real stuff. Yeah, apparently it was the real stuff. Uh, he says it smelled to high heaven. Uh, which is a nice way of putting it. So we've got this great running battle, which is smacks of Predator, where the werewolves are chasing them through the woods and then they run into Megan and her Land Rover. And immediately there are these suspicious looks between her and Captain Ryan, mm. which goes nowhere. It goes fucking nowhere. It goes nowhere. And in Neil Marshall's defence, he says that was not his decision. He This was forced on him, this kind of backstory that she'd met Ryan before and there was something going on there. And he said he cut loads of it out, but unfortunately, the fact that there's still some bits in, you you are kind you begin to get invested in what this story is, and then yeah. the fact there's no real payoff is like oh well on on that commentary when Megan um, reveals that she knows Ryan, mm-hmm. um, Marshall says that makes no sense at all. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was distracted by. No, well, I mean, I've got a lot to say about Megan. She's literally like no woman you've ever met in your entire life ever, but fine. Because she's a wolf. Yeah, but you don't know that at that point. You're just like, who is this woman? Like, she's not like anyone ever, but fine, whatever. That happens all the time. But Cooper's telling her how to drive. And I was like, she's meant to have a, ma- a mean streak, a mile wide or whatever. And he's like, fo- he's literally going forward, right, reverse, right, forward. She's listening to him. He's like, I can fucking drive, Cooper. <laughs> Come on, Coop. But he's, he's in the military. He knows how to get a Land Rover that's stuck in the mud out of the mud. Yeah, you move it forwards and backwards a bit. <laughs> I don't drive, so I'm guessing here. That would be you shouting at me. <laughs> don't shout at me. It's making it's it making worse. It's making me get all stressed. And um, we'll continue after this break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, then. 
And then we get into the second half of this movie, which is uh, Assault and Precinct 13 with werewolves, uh, where they are stuck in the cottage. Um, We already covered this. I was going to ask what you think of the werewolves, but you've made that abundantly clear. I'm sorry to be so down on it, but it's a werewolf movie and they're not scary. They're not creepy. They're not anything. They just look daft. They just look like the cheapest Halloween costume I've ever seen. I quite like them. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't find them any less any worse than the dog at the end of American Wealth in London, to be honest. Um, That's mad. I think it's more interesting maybe to have your werewolf on two legs. Otherwise, it's more like a, a oh, wolf yeah, or a dog I mean, film. I've seen that a million times. You always see a werewolf on two legs. And I like the fact you really, you really don't see them that much. I think when I've, when I've maybe not liked the way they look, it's when I've seen stills from the film where and, you know and behind the scenes stuff. Whereas I don't think he shows them often enough for me to... Towards the end it. a bit, but... I, I, I think that the weird thing is... so. Come with me on this brief uh, journey, but I think it's because they're never they're never made that monstrous in terms of their personality. Like I think if I think they feel like just animals that are sort of hunting this. Whereas I think you know, like you know, like with Predator, like that Predator is killing and it loves killing mm. and it's enjoying it and it's sort of gleefully setting these traps and murdering people and chopping their limbs off. And I think if you've given the werewolves like some sort of a weird enjoyment of this, like they were toying with them yeah. and they were more malicious, in, intentionally malicious than they are. That would have given them an added well, fear factor. There are glimpses of that because of what they do with the with the zip and then they can fire a gun and then they've got like the meat pack downstairs. I feel like with, yeah. with Megan and Ryan, because they're the only two werewolves we meet when they're human, we have context for them. They have personalities. And so I think you can, the film could have done more with those two I when they you, turn. Megan doesn't have... Name two things about Megan that aren't she's a woman and a werewolf. Go. Don't uh, say zoologist. She doesn't like you helping yourself to food in a house that isn't yours. That's true. What no. does that make her? I, I, house proud? Don't know. Well, I think Selfish? It's <laughs> considerate. Considerate. She's considerate. She's considerate. Yes, good. One more, one more, and I won't go on about her anymore. She's a zoologist. No, doesn't oh, count. Okay. But she's getting her period? Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she is. She wears a vest? Her. Doesn't count. She doesn't wear a bra? Does that count? No. There's nothing well, it, about her. Well, it, no, I, I think the thing with her is trying to figure out where her loyalties lie because they, I feel like. Chris, you've been so generous. I, I cannot express to you how much I hate Megan in this until the end because then it's cool, it's fine, I've given up. And when she's like, it's that time of the month, it's like, yes, Megan, brilliant, whatever. But there's a, so much time spent with her where it's so obvious she's a werewolf anyway. It's so fucking obvious. So if it's going to be that obvious, we need to know more about her as a person to make it sad for it or cool or whatever. And you're just like, I give up, give up. So it's trying to understand where her loyalties lie in terms of the fact, I think they flip-flop during the film. She's, she thinks these soldiers are going to save her. And then when she realises they aren't, she sort of turns against right. them. But it's it's trying to understand what her relationship is with that family because we get, you know, she's taken a photo of them, but she's not part of the family because she said she's come to be at one with nature and she she met them when she came to work in the forest. And so I just I'd love to get a sense of the journey she's been on. Yeah. And then and then how that how that reflects in how she behaves in this movie because I spent too long trying to figure out who side she was on. Not who side she was on, but why she was picking a side yeah, and why fair. it was changing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wrote down all the dialogue in her big speech where she's like, we've got no chance. There was no, no there mm. is no out. There never was. There never was. No yeah. and, and you're sort of like, I don't understand what your what plan you was. Doing, yeah. So you hoped they'd take you out of this, but you're still a werewolf and it's still a full moon. So you were going to change eventually. Yeah. What is this? What what, what is your, your escape plan? plan? Exactly, yeah. because she does say to the soldiers I th- that she thought they were going to save her. In what way? 
No, exactly, because that contradicts it. I mean, was it that, you know, there is a werewolf law that if you kill if you kill the first werewolf, everyone is saved. Right. But we never hear that. That, that would make sense for what she thought was going to happen. And then when she realised, oh, no, yeah. Ryan's here to breed and bring more back. These guys are just going to kill us, kill yes. all of us. Yep. Therefore, I'm screwed. But you, you need you need more information. Mm. Yes, agreed. Yep, there we go. That's good. Fine. Um we see a dog eating Sean Pertwee's intestines. Is it? I couldn't it's, tell. Is it the it's, bandage? It's the bandage. Is it really? It's the bandage, but a lot of people, uh, Neil Marshall says a lot of people watching think it's his intestines. I thought it was his intestines. I did, I I did, like, did and it's definitely not. Watching it now, you can see it's the bandage, but because it's a bloody bandage, you yeah. think it's the intestine. I thought it was and the And it's much more effective. And that's what he wrote originally. He originally wrote intestines and took it out because it was too messed up. And then anyone thought it was he's, anyway. He's so he's really he got, funny. He's like, he get that it. dog off me. He's, like, he's literally eating you. <laughs> what do you think is on the stove? Oh, well, human soup. Human, human flesh. But another, this is the thing. This oh, film when we're, yeah. That explains her line, don't just help yourself because she's trying to yes. stop them eating human yeah, flesh. Yeah, and I think they talk about it being pork, but. But it doesn't, this is what's so frustrating about this film. When they're, when the, when you're with the lads and you're outside and you're on a train next size, I love this film. You get to the cottage. No. Because they're like, he says, I bet that's not pork. And you're like, yeah, I bet it's people. So you're all going to turn into, anyone who ate the soup turns mm. into a werewolf. That's, Someone throws yeah. up. You but, wouldn't. No, I know, but this the werewolf lore is fucked around with in this film quite a lot to fit the narrative. So it's like, who who knows what might happen next? Like, you might eat some human soup and turn into a werewolf. I did think that for a moment when she said that, I was like, uh-oh, oh, who, who's eaten who's the soup and who soup? hasn't? Who's going to turn and who isn't? Well, it's Goldilocks, isn't it, as well? There's an aspect <laughs> yeah. of Goldilocks. But Locks, the soldier but... throws up and I was like, this is the start of a transformation. You've just vomited. so that, And then that's it just did. And that was that. Well, he vomited because he ate human flesh. Yeah. Yeah, but it's and they will do said. that to you because that's what that's what happened when I. What? No, <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Uh, so we've got a big operation uh, on Sean Pertwee in the bed upstairs. Uh, super glue was really used uh, to glue wounds back together in the oh, Vietnam really? War. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's a, a true fact. True doubt. Uh, so this whole scene where <laughs> I love this. This is why I love Sean Pertwee. Uh, so this scene where he's like, he said to Neil Marshall, he was like, "So I'm supposed to be really wasted. I'm hammered on a bottle of scotch and and painkillers." Can we experiment with alcohol? Uh, because uh, apparently it's a big no-no, obviously, on a set. You don't use booze to act yeah. drunk. You just act drunk. It'd be like showing up to a podcast piss. <laughs> what on earth is that? Uh, so uh, apparently Sean Pope was like, let me have a bit of a drink um, just to get into character. And Neil Marshall says, I don't know how many a few was, but it was way more authentic drunk acting than you often get in movies. <laughs> and I'm happy with that. When they're watching that scene on the commentary, he just says, I can't remember this. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, and he made up the line where uh, Kevin McKidd, Cooper, uh, punches him mm. and he spins back around and he goes, not like that, you pussy! <laughs> uh, do it harder, do it properly! And apparently Kevin McKidd punched him and caught the end of his nose and blood spattered against the wall. Wow. And everyone was like, oh, I didn't know there was a blood pack. He was there. <laughs> and it was his fucking blood and he broke the tip of his nose. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so some great drunk acting there with drunkness. Uh, 50 minutes in we get the first use of the word werewolf we go through the weapons in a proper aliens homage yeah. where they go we've got this ammo for this gun we've got this ammo for this gun proper I like that I like learning new things mm. like, this is what this does is good electric kitchen knife yeah mm. classic weapon uh, I love to put the pans on to on the stove as well I thought I was Lord, like how clever. to survive yeah, yeah new stuff not something I've not seen before that's from Straw Dogs oh I should have oh. seen yeah, it yeah yeah <laughs> Dustin uh, Hoffman balls up the water so there's lots of there's lots of lovely homages in this film and that I if that is one, it's a good one. Uh, another one is the werewolves shutting down the generator, just like the aliens do why, in Aliens. Why do the wolves eat cars? Um, why do they do that? To stop them escaping. So they're super smart, right? Yeah. 
but they are distracted by bright lights. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Because there's a there's a section where they're gonna they're trying to lure the wolves somewhere oh. by shining a headlight, and the wolves are like, "Oh fuck a light!" No, they run towards the light. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're but not that smart. It's a guy holding a flare, so they can see the guy holding the flare. He lets okay. them know he sneaks out, yeah, so they don't know he's there. Yeah, and he lights the flare to go. I'm over here, so the other guy can get to the barn. But do they eat the cars, or do they just shred them? Shred them with their nails. I know this movie fucks around with werewolf lore. <laughs> it does. Not that much. They okay. These werewolves aren't car-eating werewolves. I thought they were a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got Sean Pertwee out of action for a bit. Disappointing. Sad, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the hilarious moment where a werewolf steals a shotgun and then fires it back through the window. That's, that's funny. Megan does have a good line here where she's talking about werewolves mm. and she says, if they're real, what else lives in the shadows? Yeah which alludes to an idea that Neil Marshall had for a sequel to this, where Cooper is then in a world where he realises supernatural creatures exist mm. and he's hunting, for example, vampires or something. So that's why that line's in there. That makes me wish we'd had that sequel. Yeah, I do mm. like that line. And, and Megan cutting her hand on the glass as well on the commentary, the guys say, Neil, explain that. He goes, it's probably not worth it now. But the idea was that would be the setup for the third film in the trilogy he had planned. Um, which was going to be to do with her DNA. Okay, but we might be getting we might be getting a sequel. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. What she leaves her DNA on a window. Yeah, you, she, there was a scene where they make a point of her cutting her hand and the bloods on the glass. I and remember the scene. Pouring out yeah, of her hand. but then the whole farmhouse gets blown to bits. I don't know. I just I, I got cross with that because I was like, oh, you're a werewolf then because you've cut yourself and you've got this little band, this cute bandage. Um, so that's that. Uh, we find out, as I said, Megan was working with Ryan. Uh, annoying payoff to um, why? Uh, and why does Cooper when Ryan's by the fire? I was bit, I thought you might turn into a vampire. So I was like, I think all the rules are being broken. Like it's a full moon. You you're a werewolf. Turn into a fucking werewolf, right? You can sit there by the fire or whatever. But but this is the interesting thing because I didn't really understand uh, this. But the idea is that you can choose. You can almost hold off. Yes. Turning. They use the piss shit analogy. Yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> but it's about it's about stopping yourself turning for as long as you can and then eventually when yeah. you have to go, you have to but go. But Cooper, his character at this point is like, I don't give a shit what, it's the enemy. Yeah, I don't know about, what's, what's this werewolf business? I don't know about that. And goes over to Ryan and says, take off your bandages. So he's referring to part of werewolf lore, which is you'll be you'll be healed. But Cooper isn't that person. He hasn't said that before. Where does he know about that mm. from his character being like, it doesn't matter to me what these things are. They're the enemy. Well, that just oh, it just jumps like that. It just frustrate me. Isn't the idea with Megan that she has this self-control that the maybe the men that live there don't have where she's able to suppress? She's suppressing it yes. until she lets it go free. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that with your period. So that's true. Oh, can you? Just clench. Yeah. Oh, for as okay. long as you can. Yeah. Oh, it goes back in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. <laughs> Do you really? You can't hold your period in. Oh, you can't? No. Oh, okay. I just feel that, you know, we shouldn't put misinformation out there. <laughs> uh, they go to get I can. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. They go to get the Land Rover from the barn. I mentioned this because the great, beautiful, horrifying scene where he flicks on the lights mm. yeah. and he sees Terry being eaten, still alive. Yeah. Love that. That was good. So, Megan's story's part of the family on the farm. Da 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 da. da. Uh, Pertwee's back. He's all fixed up. Yeah. Um, we reveal that Ryan was there to catch a werewolf for a special weapons division, uh, which feels like a bit of a late reveal because uh, we kind of worked that out. Uh, but he becomes a werewolf. Um, Megan tells him that werewolves are in the barn, so they should blow it up. But there aren't any werewolves in the barn. She tricked them. Why? I don't know. Frustrating. Um, 
wasn't that to destroy their mode of transport? She's <sighs> so at this point she doesn't want to leave anymore. When before she's like they've got no, she's decided to kill them all. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, right. That's right, what I'm right. talking about. Her loyalties flip and flop, but she she makes it clear to them at this point, and so. She's um she wants to destroy their mode of transport. Okay, um I love this. That's clear. Uh, Neil Marshall sounds like a man after my own heart. Love an explosion, and he says uh, the explosion of the barn uh, it left him reeling, and he burst out laughing. He says, "I forgot we were running the cameras. Luckily, it wasn't sound dependent, because I just thought it was fucking awesome." It's awesome. It's also bananas. Mm. Like the whole thing, the whole thing gets blown up. Mm. I feel uh, that this bit that I wrote out where we talk about what Megan was actually saying and what she really wanted, we covered, which is just a little <laughs> bit confusing. So we can move on uh, to the end now. Um, it's uh, it's a big fight, um, which is quite fun, running around the house, smashing through walls, mm, smashing like, through ceilings. I like boxing a werewolf. Boxing a werewolf oh, is yeah. good. It's fun. It's fun. And that guy was a real life boxer, so he, he looks good doing it. Like, That's, it this is what I started to relax against. I've been annoyed and, and tightly wound and frustrated. And then when someone punches a wolf, I was like, mm. that's all right. This is fine. Uh, apparently, uh, you might know more than me, but Spoon, uh, whose full name is Witherspoon and his nickname Spoon, apparently he wasn't called that just for the Matrix reference where they find his remains and they go, there is no Spoon. Okay. Apparently that wasn't the case. That was just a happy coincidence that they could reference the Matrix there. So Cooper's in the basement with the dog. Uh, there's corpses hanging around, uh, which you'll love, were originally used for Event Horizon. On that commentary, Sean Pertwee says, is one of them me? <laughs> he, didn't know, he didn't know that they were using Event Horizon corpses. Uh, uh, Ryan turns up, finds the silver, there's the silver letter opener from the start. They think it's all over. Chekhov's letter opener. You've got to call it Chekhov's silver letter opener. Chekhov's silver letter opener. Why? Chekhov's gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Got you. Uh... <laughs> it's not a Star Trek reference. <laughs> oh, but I forgot to mention the Kobayashi reference at the start. That's pretty cool. <laughs> mm. Where uh, they were I get. Mentally... I kind of get having um, a Star Trek and a um, Matrix reference. I don't like it, but I kind of get it. I definitely get them having a Zulu reference. These soldiers would know and love the film Zulu. Mm. But Zabriskie point. I'm not sure these guys are big Antonioni fans. It's a really weird reference for him to make, I think, in this film. Uh, so, house is blown up. Ryan turns up uh, in the cellar. There's a silver letter opener. And we get that last line, which uh, just it's just such a shame. Should be I told you I could kill a dog. Fact. But he did prove Ryan wrong by being the ultimate soldier. He just mm. didn't say it. You got the, re- the search is ending. You know, the search is ending that everyone uses oh, where yeah. he walks out, yeah, re-silhouetted. Yeah. Mm. And then we get all the photos that were taken with the flash that they used. Mm. Hangover the nicked it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the credits of the hangover. <laughs> Kingsman and hangover, you owe Neil Marshall some so, money. Megan blinds werewolves with a camera. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> we're way past that. Now. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, it just, it just upset me. <laughs> I mean, I guess my problem is, like, Pertwee, I, this is my problem, because I never, I, I'm just bored of Sean Pertwee dying in films. Yeah. Apparently he was going to be in the descent, but he it didn't. There was a scene with him in the descent where he dies as well, but he's he's not in it. Uh, anyway, you become a werewolf for one night, so this is towards dawn now. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't sacrifice himself, you know, if he just sort of ran out and like became a werewolf for like ten minutes and then was back, I'm sure he could find a system whereby every full moon he just locked himself away and could exist as a werewolf. Every just... werewolf thinks that. And then you get caught short one night. Mm. He's he's self-sacrificing to save his mates just because you don't want Sean Pertwee to die. <sighs> I know. This is me. 
Uh, and so that's um, that's about it. Uh, you touched on the uh, the trilogy idea. Uh, Neil Marshall said in 2015, I think it's fairly safe to say there's never going to be a sequel now, uh, even though he did have a trilogy pa- planned. Uh, but then, just last year on the 4K uh, release, uh, he said there's more of a chance now than ever before. There's things in the works. We're seeing what we can do. Mm. I wouldn't say no to a Dog Soldiers uh, sequel slash trilogy at all. Yeah, and I think I really like Kevin McKidd as a lead, and I think he's more bankable now than he was then. Mm. Obviously, he was coming off train spotting, but now he's a big star in the States because he's in that he was in that hospital thing that everyone watches. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Mm. He's, oh, done loads he? of, he's done loads of big TV. So, um, yeah, I, I would like that. I would like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there are things that could be done. Mm-hmm. Things that could be done. Any more for any more? No? No? Let's do the bits. Uh, best scene, Victoria. So anytime someone punches a wolf, that's hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not mad about the stuff in the farmhouse, but the stuff with the cow and the campfire, I was having a really good time. And the cow, I fucking I jumped as well, like unbelievable. And I think it's a it's the perfect mix. Again, with American Werewolf in London, the horror comedy thing and Piccadilly Circus being the perfect um combination. This Sean Pertwee's speech is just so crackers, what he's actually saying, mm, mm. but it is scary. And then the cow jump scare to button it. It's the yeah, it's a it's a really good mix of like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? But also you have made me worried. Mm. <laughs> so ominous. Yeah. Really ominous speech, Chris. Sean Pertwee's campfire speech. Yeah. yeah. Three for three, Sean Pertwee telling everyone about Eddie and the devil buttoned with a cow on a campfire. <laughs> 100%. Uh, MVW, Chris. Most valuable whatever. Um, even though I've got some issues that I'll talk about in my change, um, respect to Neil for what he managed to achieve with his first movie. It's a fun film that I like putting on when I'm a bit pissed. Okay, Victoria, MVW. Sean Pertwee. Okay, Alex, MVW. <laughs> wow, Sean Pertwee. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Although I will say very, very, I, I love Sean Pertwee too much for him to not be the MVW, but Liam Cunningham as mm. Captain Ryan it comes a very close second. Okay. He's so good. Mm. Uh, all right, then, change, Victoria. So the line at the end, obviously, when Ryan is a dog, I mean, I felt the same as you. I was like screaming at the telly. It's just sitting there. Um, but then we, we've talked about that a lot. So um, this is mad. And it's not, I don't think the film should do this, but I would love to see it where Sean Pertwee isn't out of action at all because he's got his, his sausage time or whatever, and he is in control. <laughs> I don't think sausage time means what you think it means. <laughs> no one ever says it's sausage time. Uh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see a version where Sean Pertwee is like, yeah, the thing that he saw when in um, with the devil arse cheek sort of tested his understanding of the line between reality and not, but he's firmly on our side. Like he doesn't believe in any of that bullshit and he's in control and he goes to the farmhouse and he's got it and he's got his military ops and whatever. And it slowly unravels Mm. as these forces like literally push in and push that boundary and force him to accept that what he saw when he was serving was real and and all the rest of it. And you just watch him go to pieces. Mm. Then you'd have to switch the casting and make Kevin McKidd the character that sort of gets injured and turns into a werewolf. And then that's a shame because you rob Kevin McKidd of the lead. But wouldn't that be amazing to see that? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Chris? Uh, Apologies because I've already talked about it, but I just need to understand Megha's intentions and then the opportunity is there to make more of her once she turns because she should be an interesting werewolf at the end rather Mm. than, you know, expendable. Yeah, um, I got a weird one. 
I, I think I did. I say this to you earlier. I can't remember. I'll just say it again, seeing as we're actually on the show now. Um, I wish I'd seen this uh, twenty years ago with mates beard up after the pub when Neil Marshall he said he wanted to make a movie. But when you come back from the pub, you've had a few beers, you stick on something fun with your friends. I wish I'd watched it then. This was my first watch, sort of with my notepad in front of me, having just watched American Wolf in London, sort of going through it and looking at it and analysing it. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have enjoyed this a hell of a lot more. And I did not enjoy it. I think there's a lot to love in this movie, but I just missed the window when this would have been the ideal film for me to watch. I would say it's not a film to watch with a pad and pen in your hand. No. You know, it's not that movie. I know, and I, I know we often joke about how, how many movies I, I, I enjoy a beer with, and I didn't with this one. Of the, all the movies I should have fucking straight. watched with a beer in my hand. I was like, no, I'm not going to drink today. <laughs> so, yeah, I just missed my window with this movie. But nevertheless, a lot to love. Right then, that's Dog Soldiers done. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Okay. Uh, Vicky, I think we know where you're going, so why don't you go first? Yes, we are talking about werewolves. And in one of these films, it's I know we've banged on about the costumes, but understandably, it's the budget and all the rest of it. But I feel like the werewolf lore is tampered with to fit the narrative when that could have been an easy fix in the writing. And it, that's just, it's just me being a geek about scripts, but it just really gets up my nose. Um, and the werewolves in Dog Soldiers just aren't great. They're just not. And I think you've got to work backwards from there. And like I said, love the descent. So we know what you can do. And I, I just, yeah, I just felt I'm supposed to be scared and it's funny and all the rest of it. So just because of werewolves, but it, these are werewolf films, um, I'm going to choose American Werewolf in London. Alex? For a lot of the reasons uh, Vicky just said, I, I I did enjoy Dog Soldiers a lot. And I, I did. And I sort of, again, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to repeat myself. If I'd watched it at the right time, it would have been a different experience. But I watched it now and I just felt like the, the werewolves being your antagonist needed to like have a bit more malice about them. I wanted a monster and I wanted something that was gleefully killing these squaddies. And I just, I didn't get scared enough and I like werewolves to be scary. And the werewolf in American Werewolf in London is one of the most horrifying creations I've ever seen on a cinema screen. So on that basis, I'm going American Werewolf in London. Hey. We're a winner! Hey. Chris? Love what Neil achieved with a couple of million on his first movie and I'll continue to watch it late on a Saturday night when I've had a beer. Well, invite me around for that. Let's do that together. I think I'll have a different experience and then we'll come back and readdress it in the future. You won't come south of the river, so it won't happen. <laughs> okay, um, come round to mine and we'll watch Dog Soldiers. But while I find Dog Soldiers rewatchable, I think American Werewolf might be one of the most rewatchable films of all time. I watched it twice in the same day this week <laughs> and I uh, it was with a commentary on the second He's time. He's got a lot of time. And it? I enjoyed yeah, right. it just as much the second time. Like, I didn't enjoy it any less. It's weird and it's flawed and it's tonally all over the place but it's funny and scary. It's a truly wild ride and it's also fundamentally changed how movies are made because filmmakers are still pushing themselves to match that transformation 40 years later. That is incredible. That is phenomenal. American Werewolf takes it 3-0. 3-0 to American Werewolf in London. We have a winner. That's us done. So, uh, after that beautiful lupine journey, uh, let's look ahead to next week. Victoria, you gave us a clue on Mm. Tuesday's episode, uh, Monday's episode. What was it? Friends till the end. Friends till the end. That's nice. It sort of offsets business is business. So um, what movies are we doing next? Yes, which David Schwimmer film are we doing? <laughs> it's it's Matthew Perry. Is it? Is it the whole nine yards? Is it the whole nine yards? No, it's not. Oh, fuck. 
Um, so I'm quite excited. So about this. So Alex, you are doing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay. Don't look surprised. You did say that was fine. And uh, Chris, you're I'm doing. Along. <laughs> oh wow! I knew that already. Um, you're going to do Thelma and the Weeds. Lovely jubbly. Yeah. Friends. Lovely jubbly. What's that from? <laughs> callback. Oh, callback. That's <laughs> yeah. so sweet. Thanks. All right. Uh, all right then. So there you have it. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid versus Thelma and Louise. That is next week's episode. Do your homework. We have a special guest coming on as well, don't we? Hopefully. Wasn't going to mention it now just in case it falls through. Let's not then. <laughs> I was about to. But yeah. all right. We can. I'm sure yeah, I confirmed it today, but you never know. Anything could happen. We may have a special guest coming on. We How's are that? so professional. <laughs> Come to our show. Oh, let's get out of here. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got a live show. Have we? Is that still happening? No, it is. It is. I'm joking. That was a joke. September the 4th, 9.30 is part of the London Podcast Festival. Come along to our first ever live show. More information incoming. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday talking Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Bye-bye. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.